everybody. I'm Nancy. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my sobriety date is July 12th, 2001. And that's my number two and hopefully my very last sobriety date. So um, I try not to think about when I'm going to speak at a meeting, unless it's this like a 10 minute thing, because if I don't think about it a little bit, 10 minutes are up and I didn't even get sober yet. So I have, I have some literature, like some parts of the big book and some parts of the 12 and 12 that have become my really favorites. And I read them a lot just to try and keep myself in line and behave better. And uh, one of the things I was reading this morning, I wrote down two sentences of it because I'm getting old and I don't want to mess it up. So anyway, it's in step four in the 12 and 12, and it's a paragraph that starts out, but it is from our twisted relations with family and friends and society at large, blah, 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 that many of us have suffered the most. And then at the end of the paragraph, it says, as we redouble our efforts at control and continue to fail, our suffering becomes acute and constant. And this I read in reference to my relationships with people, but it also kind of sums up my relationship with alcohol. A twisted relation, a love-hate relation. I love to drink. I love the effect produced by alcohol, but alcohol does not love me. And uh, then, as we redouble our efforts at control and enjoy our drinking and continue to fail, suffering becomes acute and constant. And you either go on doing the best you can or you surrender and you end up here. And my friend Prue, who just passed away, would say to newcomers, welcome to a new level of lame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you walk in here and you go, oh my God, is this what my life is going to be? And you will come to find out, as I have, I love Alcoholics Anonymous. I absolutely love being sober. All my friends are sober, except I have one earth person that I'm still tight with. And uh, that's just how it is for me. So um, I started drinking when I was a teenager and had a lot of fun doing it. But because I have alcoholism, sometimes uh, I would lose control of how much I drank. And I didn't realize, I didn't know what alcoholism was. I didn't know what AA was, none of it. So uh, I'm a blackout drinker. And I thought that that was just part of the price that you have to pay for the effect produced by alcohol. And I was willing to roll with it. So it starts out where, um, the benefits of drinking are up here and the consequences are down here. And as time passes, have a big shift where what I'm getting from drinking, I still get it, but what I have to pay for it, I don't wanna pay that price anymore. So um, I had two young children at the time I landed in AA for the first time and I was become, I had become fully aware that I could not control my drinking. I never knew what was going to happen, and I was willing to roll the dice for a long time. Sometimes I could go out and party and have a bunch of drinks and get a good buzz on, and it was a great night. And then there were the other times where the what I know now is called the phenomenon of craving would have me by the throat, man, and I couldn't get enough, and I'd black out, and God only knows what would, what would be the result of that. 
So I'm, I've came to a place where I knew I couldn't drink right. I was 35 years old and I was swearing I was never going to drink again. And later the same day, I would be drinking. And I, I did things like all normal people do. Like I'd finish off a bottle of wine and I'd put it on top of the bookshelf as a monument to my last drink. Who does that? And later that, that day, it would end up in the trash. So um, one night, uh, one night I was uh, partying by myself at the kitchen table. My young children were asleep and uh, my marriage had failed and I was married for 10 years and I had two young children by this time, they were five and 10 and they're asleep and I'm lonely and I am, thank you. I am uh, thinking everything that's wrong in my life is my ex-husband's fault. And if I just find the right guy, then everything in my life is gonna be just fine. And I'm not finding him. So I called up a boyfriend that I had when I was 22 that I hadn't, hadn't had spoke to in 14 years and I've been drinking and dialing. And I, I rang Michael up in the middle of the night and uh, he was four years sober in Alcoholics Anonymous and he 12 stepped me. And it was right at the time where I was trying to get a grip on my drinking and I could not. And Michael told me his story and I ended up going to AA and falling in love. Just I don't even remember if it was a man or a woman that spoke at my first meeting, but whatever they said. I knew I was in the right place. And I dove into AA, got commitments, got a sponsor, got involved. All my friends were sober and time goes on. And looking back on the mutiny, that was July 25th, 1987. And by the time I was about eight years sober, I started getting burned out and quit calling a sponsor. Uh, no morning time, no reading, kept my book in the car, and my best friend started drinking, and I stayed hanging out with her, and then I met a man that was so much fun, but he's a raging alcoholic, and I think I'm tougher than my alcoholism, and I'm not, I'm never going to drink again, and, uh, but I'm still going to meetings, because the first thing you hear is people that drink again, they quit going to meetings, so I never quit going to meetings, but I quit doing everything else. My sobriety, my recovery was threadbare. I was almost 10 years sober and someone handed me a glass of wine and I didn't even think about whether I should drink it or not. I just threw that baby down and I was off and running like I never had a sober day in my life. And I, you know, I had a psychic change backwards overnight and I was done. And I stayed drinking for a few years and came crawling back to Alcoholics Anonymous in 2001. And I thought it was gonna be like the first time where I went to the meeting, I got a newcomer chip and I was sober and I know the book and I know the steps and I know the drill and I could not stop drinking. Um, it took me, took me four months of desperation to have my last drink. I'd be drunk for four days, sober for two, drunk for a week, sober for a week. And it went on and on and on like that for a few months until I finally hit the, the alcoholic prayer of, oh God, help me, I can't live like this. And that was my sobriety started that day.
when I surrendered that surrender. And um, I had a lot of trouble with the higher power thing. It's so good to have new people here. That shows a really healthy meeting when you have newcomers and longtime sobriety all mixed together, everything in between. And uh, the first time I got sober, when I got my 30-day chip, I had a, the first spiritual experience that I was aware of because I could not not drink. I couldn't stop drinking. And 30 times in a row, I didn't drink. So I started out with the power greater than myself, it's Alcoholics Anonymous and good orderly direction. So if you're having trouble with the God thing, don't worry about it, just keep coming. Um, I moved, I got sober in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I was 12 years sober when I moved here plus the other 10. And I was, you know, that was my home group. That was my, that was my people. And uh, I've been saying that serenity prayer, courage to change the things I can for years. So Beverly Hillbillies moved to California. <laughs> here I come. And uh, I started over. My daughter's been out here for a long time. And I knew the first thing I had to do when I got here was I needed to get dug in to Alcoholics Anonymous because without it, I, I'm, I'm hopeless. I I'm, have alcoholism to my core. I learned my lesson. I hope I never forget that I have alcoholism and that this is the way I wanna live. And thank you for letting me share. <laughs>